Let's open with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we just ask now that you bless this Sunday school hour. Father, that you give me clarity of thought and mind. And Father, that you take control of my mind, my mouth, the actions, my hands and feet. That you can be exalted through this class. And that, Father, we can learn from the life of Joseph. Father, the way to live before the world when there's trouble and there's, there's uh, things coming into your life. We just ask you to bless the class now in Jesus' name. Amen. Matt, you do me a favor. Would you run in my office and grab my cell phone? I wanted to read him something. Okay. Again, your devotion. This is lesson 28. And I like in the parts that was given to us for this week. And the, the handout that was given to us, again, it's about humility this week. To be humble means to be lowly in mind and spirit, to be submissive, to be weak. Okay. Jesus was meek and lowly in heart, okay? Not to be arrogant or prideful, not to think of yourself as being better than others. And so you have 2 Corinthians 12, verse 7. And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. You find in the Gospels, Luke 18. You want to turn there quickly? So many times, I am a King James Bible believer. Amen? Amen. But guess what? I'm still a sinner saved by grace. Okay? And because we have the right Bible doesn't mean that we're better than a lot of other people. And you have to be careful with that. Because there can be a tendency when anybody, when you have an exclusive position or a position that uh, you take a stand that you know is right with God and you see one not having that same stand, sometimes we can be condescending. That does not persuade them to the right position. Okay? Luke chapter 18 Verse 9, and he spake this parable unto certain which trusted themselves that they were righteous and despised others. Two men went up into the temple to pray, and one a Pharisee and the other a publican. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank thee that I am not as other men are, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this publican. You know what he didn't say? He didn't say prideful. Because that's what he was. I fast twice a week. When I see eyes in multiples, I always go back to Isaiah 14, where Lucifer says, I, 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 I. He says five times his I, and he finishes, I will be like the most high. And he says, I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I possess. Okay? I am not as other men. It's about him. You want to be right with God? Be careful about what the world thinks about him. He'll take care of you. Amen? So we see that example there in true humility, and they gave you an acronym. Okay, now the acronym? I think it's the right term. Okay, humility, H, honoring God above yourself. That's like I tell people we're Baptists, right? Bible is sole authority of all matters of faith and practice. Autonomy of the local church. No one tells us what to do. Priesthood of the believer. 
two offices, pastor and deacon, individual soul liberty, saved church membership, um, two ordinances, believers' baptism after salvation, and the Lord's table, and then separation of church and state. The H is honoring God above yourself. You, understanding your need for grace. That's not just grace for you, but grace for others. Lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up and thereby trouble you. So understanding your need of grace. Mourning over your sin. There's a difference between, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, and God, please forgive me for what I have done. I understand my sin is before me, okay? Illuminating God's glory, looking for ways to serve others, ignoring your pride in Satan's lies, trusting God, God's plan over your, your own, and yearning for worship. That's humility. And you're given an acronym for that. Matthew 12, 23, And whosoever shall exalt himself shall be abased, and he that shall humble himself shall be what? Okay. James 4, 6 says, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, before he careth for you. See, you need to understand that. So we're going to look at, day, we're, at Joseph. We're continuing in the study of Joseph to see certain things there. And when we find out, if you'll, to Genesis 39. Genesis 39. And last week, in the lesson, we were at a place where Joseph... It spoke the truth of God's word about what God was going to do with him in his dreams and his coat of many colors. And you saw jealousy is the rage of a man. And his brothers wanted to kill him. They threw him in a pit. Ended up selling him to some traders who took him down into Egypt and he was sold into slavery. And that's where we find him in chapter 39. And so many times, you know what will happen? I want you to realize something. If you think that you're tempted in something, and you know, I use the terms all, these, all the time, it says, well, it's a victimless crime. No, it's not. Okay? I've had someone tell me before in dealing with them that, well, yeah, I, 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 I struggle a little bit, and I've, I've watched pornography, but it, it doesn't hurt anybody else until I find out that they don't even know that there's kids standing at the top of the stairs or peeking around the corner. And they get a perverted sense of what intimacy is supposed to be. This is an adult Sunday school class. I want you to understand that. What was Cain's plea to God after he killed Abel? Am I my brother's keeper? You know what the answer to that is? Yes, your sinful habits will hurt those who follow you, okay? And so we find here in Genesis 39, Joseph, it says, and Joseph was what? Brought down to Egypt. 
And Potiphar, the officer of Pharaoh, the captain of the guard, of an Egyptian, brought, bought him of the hands of the Ishmaelites, which had brought him down hither. He was taken away from his rightful place. So many times you don't realize it, but your sin will bring others, what? Down. Don't ever lose sight of that. Realize your pride will tell you that it doesn't happen. It's a lie out of the pit of hell. For whatsoever man soweth. You understand it's going to happen to you. Don't apply that to someone else. Apply it to you. You know what you apply to, you apply to others? If a brother be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, recognizing what? That ye yourselves also likewise could be tempted. So we need to understand he was brought down. Potiphar was an officer of the king of Egypt, a pharaoh. And we're going to find out because it says here in verse 2, And the Lord was with Joseph. And he was a prosperous man, and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. He's a slave. You read that context, you know what I'm talking about? Did he rebel against that? Did he kill the master? Did he try to sneak out at night? Because of sins of others, he was put in this position, and he proceeded to then what? Live in such a manner that God can bless him. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord what? Will not hear me. It's an Old Testament verse. Do you understand what's going on with Joseph? He got put in a place. And God blessed him in his bondage blessed him in the place that he was a servant. And it wasn't a willing servant there, but he became, he was a willing servant serving in the place where he was. And you need to see that. The Lord was with Joseph in everything that he did. He prospered in his bondage. You know, the same thing can be true of us. God puts us a certain place or allows us to be put in certain places. And I say allow because so many times. I went to see, see Sue yesterday, Sue Robinson, at, the, at the, the nursing home. And I prayed that she could be a witness to the lady in the bed next to her. I don't know, like that lady was pretty much out of it. But it was a case of that situation. She's there with a broken hip, pinned hip, a lot of pain in a place where she's not getting proper treatment from the care. The people are giving her care because they're grossly understaffed. Keep her in your prayers that way. Because many times illnesses develop out of bad nursing care or lack of proper nursing care because people, when you lay in bed and you don't get taken and you don't even get to go to the bathroom at the right time, what are women susceptible to? Pastor talks about too much. No, you get UTIs very easily. Okay? You can get infections in your legs. You can get bed sores. If they're not moved around, it happens more in nursing homes. It's a gorgeous facility. But when you wait an hour and a half to two hours for someone to come to help you when you need to go, it happens. So I want you to understand, but she's not complaining there. Her husband was upset. 
She wasn't complaining. She just said, it's not real good, preacher. And I prayed with her before I left. I went out and got some, said something and had somebody come in. I don't know. Sometimes, maybe it's because I was six seven and the head nurse was about five feet tall. I said, she needs to go to the bathroom. No. <laughs> okay. Even though God blessed and honored him in his position, it didn't mean that he didn't have trouble. Sometimes, you know what we do as Christians? We see somebody, a crumb Christian, going through having trouble in their lives. And because it's not happening to us, what do we think? Be real careful with that. It says, so let a man examine himself. Okay? You get my point with that? You want success in your Christian life? You know what the key to success is? Having the Lord with you. Having the Lord with you. You can't get away from it. Having the Lord with you. I want you to turn to Proverbs chapter 12. We're coming back to Genesis 39 because we're going to get through 41, believe it or not. And you're going, yeah, preacher, we know you. Fat chance, right? <laughs> Proverbs 12. Look at verse 24. The hand of the what? Shall bear what? Yeah. But the slothful shall be under tribute. See? That means if you're willing to be diligent in your Christian walk, you can have good success. Especially in God's eyes. doesn't mean it's necessarily going to be in the world's eyes, but it's going to be in God's eyes. And then, back to our text. When I see the hand of the diligent shall, be, shall bear rule, you know what it makes me think of? Do all to the glory of God. Right? That's the way it's supposed to be. My voice is a little deep today. I was loud on the street corner yesterday. Genesis 39. Let me get back there. Okay. Genesis 39, verse 7. And it came to pass after these things that his master's wife, now see, he's been elevated to a position in prison underneath Potiphar because God blessed what he did, so Potiphar put him over all the dealings of his house. He became a servant. He put him over the way that he earns extra money outside of being. But he has a problem. Potiphar had a wife that you better pray you never have. Amen? And it came to pass, verse 7, after these things, that his master's wife cast her eyes upon Joseph, and she said, lie with me. She's a strange woman out of the book of Proverbs, okay? But he refused and said unto his master's wife, Behold, my master wotteth not what is with me in the house, and he hath committed all that he hath to my hand. There was none greater in this house than I. Neither hath he kept back anything from me but thee, because thou art his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? Joseph is a type, one of the greatest Old Testament types of Jesus Christ. Joseph said 
what David should have said. Joseph is saying this, and how can I do this wickedness sin against God? And in Psalm 51, after David had done it and had Uriah the Hittite killed, okay, and had gotten Uriah's wife pregnant, Bathsheba, he says, against thee the only have I sinned and done this, what? Wickedness is evil in thy sight. Now David was a man after God's own heart only because he was a good repenter. Let me do a favor for everybody because some people, they, they forget and my phone will start quacking. Steve will jump up with a 12 gauge and start shooting ducks. That's what we got. <laughs> okay. And it came to pass as she spake to Joseph day by day, verse 10, that he hearkened not unto her to lie by her, but to be with her, or to be with her. And it came to pass about this time that Joseph went into the house to do his business. And there was none of the men of the house there within. And she caught him by his garment, saying, Lie with me. And he left his garment in her hand and fled and got him. He may have lost his coat because of the lies of another, but he kept his character. Because character is not what you do and how you act in front of people when they're watching you. Character is what you do when things are going wrong. And when you don't think anybody else can see you. You need to remember at all times. But everything is naked and open unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. He kept his character. You see here, the Lord provided mercy and grace to Joseph, and he found favor in the sight of the prison keeper. Each time, Joseph had lost his complete liberty, did what he was supposed to do, and God blessed that and blessed the people who were involved with him. He was put under greater restraint because of the lies of another person who didn't like the good character of Joseph. See the picture? You live, that's why I want you to understand, there's a reason these verses are in the Bible. It says, yea, and all that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer what? Persecution. Okay, you still with me? He found favor. Stay here. Look at Exodus chapter 11. If you're here this morning and you're saved, you're in a place to find favor from God. It's going to depend on how you look towards him, though. If you look at because you're saved, that God's taken away this and you can't do this and you can't do that. You need to see him as the Apostle Paul saw him. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Exodus chapter 11, verse 3. Joseph was God's man. Here we're talking about Israel, the people of Israel, God's people. And the Lord gave the people favor in the sight of who? The Egyptians. Moreover, the man Moses was very great in the land of Egypt, in the sight of Pharaoh's servants, and in the sight of the people. You don't want man's favor. You need God's favor. You need God's favor. He 
He was put in charge of the work in the prison, and everything that he did was what? Prosperous. You don't hear about any murmuring or complaining from Joseph. Got a question. What would your attitude be? I called my daughter to ask her if I could use her as an illustration this morning. You don't like it? I don't care. She's got a fast, aggressive growing cancer. We prayed because she is weak that God would be strong for her, and I told you that, and he's continuing to do that. I know now of when I talk with her, about 10 people have come to visit her. They're crying, oh, I'm so sorry, and she's going, no, God's doing great things. I wanted to read to you, if you give me one second, a text. At one point, Heather was told she couldn't have the doctor that was recommended to her. She was told by her insurance company that she couldn't, her insurance didn't cover at this major hospital. She was told by the insurance company that the other hospital that treated cancer, her insurance was no good there. She was told, as they looked at it, the insurance company told her she couldn't keep a practitioner that she'd had since she'd been out there, who was a saved lady, who was her general practitioner. And everything seemed to be falling apart on her. And that's when we prayed. And she says, God's going to show himself strong. Okay? Well, the Lord opened the door up for someone that she knows, who knows that the surgeon's chief scheduling nurse. And she got her in and said, we'll work this out. They're making mistakes. Because... She found out last week that the surgeon could be at the end of the week. The surgeon could, she could see, so they scheduled her for Wednesday. And he said, I'll take care of things being done. She's scheduled for an MRI that needs to do so they know what the position and how much tissue to remove tomorrow. Her family practitioner said, this is atrocious. This is horrible. This is patient abuse. And I am your doctor. I don't care what those idiots say. I'm going to the state government. She got phone calls from people. She said, Daddy, I didn't vote for them. They're liberal Democrats. And they called me up, and they resolved my insurance issues. Okay? God showed off big. This is her text to me. He answered our prayer. The chief of staff for Senator West called. They have my insurance switched to straight Medicaid effectively immediately, and then Molina, that's one of the group, group plans that's taken in all the hospitals. May 1st, I can see the surgeon at Mercy and keep my other doctors and the Swedes. That's the other hospital. She can go to either of the two best hospitals. She's been using her cancer to witness to other people. As I told you before, she's saying, we're going to be ridiculous Christians with this, Dad. When they come and they're upset because they want, to, they want to mourn and cry with me, I'm going to tell them I know where I'm going. If they're not saved, you don't. And she's taught her kids to do the same thing. The only reason I say that, because my daughter's not perfect. Any of you in the church a long time, you realize she's too much like her father. Okay? So that's plain and simple. But she's taking something that is a trouble in her life and using it to be what? A testimony for God. 
Joseph's life was a testimony and God's blessing was there as such that those who had him in bondage and incarceration could see that even in that situation, God's hand was upon him. Go to Psalm 1. When you're going through it, do you use what you're going through to be a witness to someone else about Jesus Christ? Yes, God can heal immediately. He can, and he has. But sometimes he doesn't. In a greater time in your Bible, he will be with you when you go through something than take it from you, because he uses you going through it to draw you closer to him. Because when you can't fight for yourself... He will fight for you, and he will be with you. Doesn't mean that bad things aren't going to happen. They will. But God can be with you through that, because it's ultimately always about whose glory, yours or his. Okay, let me see where I'm going here. Psalm 1. Which verse, and I'm going to read them to you, speaks about Joseph? doesn't say his name, but it's a picture of Joseph. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and his law he doth meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper." The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth that the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. No matter what persecution and trouble Joseph was in, what did God do with him? He prospered him. And he shall be like a tree... Trees put, the only reason they stand is their roots go deep. And this roots go to the water. And the water is a picture of the Holy Ghost. Out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. And this he spake, speaking of the Holy Ghost. Okay? If you don't know where that is, ask our missionary after the service. <laughs> Pastor Kenny's not in here, so I can't do it to him. That bringeth forth his fruit in season, his leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Shall prosper. That's Joseph. Back to Genesis. It's taken us through chapter 39. So I got one chapter done. Do you believe it? Now look at chapter 40. While in prison, two new prisoners come to Joseph. You come into the prison, and Pharaoh was very upset with his chief butler. He was the wine taster and the chief baker. You know, it could be maybe they got so, they got, you know how you get used to being around somebody of authority? And maybe they, you know, but Pharaoh, you got to remember, Pharaoh was worshipped like a god. Mm -hmm. He was worshipped like a god. Do you think maybe his butler or somebody got too familiar with him? The baker got a little bit too familiar with him. I don't know what it is. 
But I know this, Pharaoh got upset with them and they were both cast into prison waiting for him to bring a decision upon them. Right? That's what's going on. If you haven't read your Bible, that's what chapter 40 is about. And it came to pass through these things that the butler of the king of Egypt and his baker had offended. He did what? Wasn't he over everything in the prison? And he served them. Humility. What did I tell you part of that acronym stood for? Looking for ways to what? Looking for ways to serve others. He served them. As they continued a season in, the, in ward. And they dreamed a dream. And so now you can be coming up to their dreams. Now, the butler's dream. Go to verse 10. And in the vine were three branches, and it was as though it budded, and her blossom shot forth, and the clusters thereof brought forth ripe grapes. And Pharaoh's cup was in my hand, and I took the grapes and pressed them into Pharaoh's cup, and I gave him the cup into Pharaoh's hand. And Joseph said unto him, this is the interpretation of it. The three branches are three days, yet within three days shall Pharaoh lift up his head and restore thee unto thy place, and thou shalt deliver Pharaoh's cup into his hand after the former manner which thou, when thou wast his butler. So there's his dream. Baker's dream, verse 16. And when the chief baker saw that the interpretation was good, he said unto Joseph, I also was in my, in my dream, and behold, I had three white baskets on my head, and the uppermost basket was there was all manner of baked meats for, for Pharaoh, and the birds did eat them out of the basket upon thine head. And Joseph answered and said, This is the interpretation thereof. The three baskets are three days. Yet within three days shall Pharaoh lift up thine head from off thee, and shall hang thee on a tree, and the birds shall eat thy flesh from off thee. And it came to pass on the third day, which is Pharaoh's birthday, that he made a feast unto all his servants, and he lifted up his head, and the chief baker, and the chief butler among his servants, and he restored the chief butler unto his butlership again, and he gave the cup into Pharaoh's hand. But he hanged the chief baker in jo as Joseph has interpreted. See, now I left out certain verses. You know what that was? All Joseph asked them to do when he gave the interpretation of the dream, as he said in verse 14, But think on me when it shall be well with thee, and show kindness, I pray thee, unto me, and make mention of me unto Pharaoh, and bring, and bring me out of this house. For I indeed was stolen away out of the land of the Hebrews, and here also have I done nothing that they should put me into the dungeon. He's just being honest. He wasn't bitter. He's saying, could you remember me? Could you remember me? Verse 23, yet did not the chief butler remember Joseph, but forgot him. Joseph had been right. He knew what God would do, and God gave him the correct interpretation, right? Verse 8, he told him what it was going to be. And they said unto him, we have dreamed a dream, and there is no interpreter of it. And Joseph said unto them, do not interpretations belong to who? God. Tell me them, I pray you. And they went and they told him what was going on, what their dreams were. You ready? You've heard of the golden rule, right? You've heard that? You know, I was a kid. We used to goof that I wasn't saved yet. You know what I thought the golden rule was? <laughs> now, don't get mad at me. It was do unto others, then run like hell. Okay. It, you know, the whole, my mother used to say, honey child, you're supposed to do unto others as you would have them do unto you. You know, like, but if you got the first hit. I know girls don't play bloody knuckles. Guys do. 
Girls don't play who can hit the softest like guys do. Boys, you know that you know what that game is? Let's see who can hit the softest. You go first. Right? And that person taps you and then you wail on them and you go, you win, and then run away. That's boys, okay? Girls make houses, boys have battles. They break things. They go rum, rum, rum and run into a tree. There's a difference there. That's something they don't know about today either, right? He gives them proper interpretation. The golden rule of interpreting the Bible is to let Scripture interpret Scripture. Don't run to someone's commentary to tell you what the Bible says. Look up the words. That's why the Bibles, the versions are so important. Because Jesus said, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my W-O-R-D-S, my words, shall what? Not pass away. So the best way to interpret scripture is scripture with scripture. When you change the word, it's used in other words. You can't get the cross-reference to the word to see. And you can't see the law first mentioned and follow it through, how things happen in the Bible. You use the Bible to interpret the scripture. God is the only one who has the proper interpretation. We had a missionary. God love him. He served down in, in Peru. He's retired now. I don't know if he's passed away yet or not. Don Bon. Well, he used the Spanish Bible his whole life. But you know when he was trained? He was trained to use a new ASV in English. He knew we were King James. His wife used to King James. He came here. And when he retired from the ministry, he came to give us a report on his 50 years in serving. And he started hundred, couple hundred churches down in Peru. Okay. He was a good missionary. You don't have to have the right Bible to do work sometimes for God. Sometimes people have the right Bible and they have the wrong attitude. Okay. So don't get me wrong with that. But he turns around and he knowingly came into the church and preached from a passage. And the New King James gave a different interpretation than what the King James said. You want to know what the passage is? Talk to me later, and I'll show you how it got changed. Because this church being the way it is, I let him preach. He finished up. We went to eat dinner afterwards, and I asked him, and he goes, and his wife said, he had a bad attitude. He just wanted to tweak things. What am I going to do? The man's 82 years old. I'm not going to embarrass him in front of everybody. He preached on a Sunday night. Wednesday night, I had to preach the proper scriptural interpretation, scripture with scripture, because he used a Bible that changed the words, that gave it a different interpretation, that didn't follow through with what the other places in the Bible said that was supposed to mean. Okay? So you know what you learned from Joseph? Let God give you the interpretation. Okay? So the only thing that Joseph asked the butler was to remember him, get him released, right? So it takes us to chapter 41. Hey, we made it. After two years, you find this, and it came to pass the end of two full years that Joseph dreamed, the Pharaoh dreamed, and behold, he stood by the river. And behold, the river came up, and then you hear the, the river came up, and you see the dream was about seven fat kind, okay, and seven lean kind. Okay, the cows there. 
So that was his dream. If you don't remember that, shame on you. You should be reading your Bible. Okay, so he has that, you know, and he, you, you look at verses with this. No one, his, the, the, the magicians, the so-called know-it-alls of Egypt, couldn't interpret the dream. And this is two years after Joseph had asked the butler to say something to Pharaoh about him. And two years later, he goes, oh, I forgot. I can look good with the Pharaoh, though. Hey, Pharaoh, I know a guy, he's in prison, so you can get him real easy. And he can interpret the dreams. He told me what you were going to do, and he told me what you were, were going to do to the baker. He can interpret the dream. So what happens? The butler looks good. So they bring in Joseph, right? You still with me? You got two, you got fat kind and ill-favored kind. And so you have them there. He remembers him, and then Joseph is brought up out of the prison to stand before him. Okay? Because in verse 9, they spake the chief butler unto Pharaoh, saying, I do remember my faults this day, and Pharaoh, he was rotten, he goes through that. And then in verse 14, and Pharaoh sent and brought, called Joseph, and they brought him hastily out of the dungeon, and he what? He what? You guys with beards in here, you're an offense to the Egyptians. <laughs> That's why he had to shave. You know, the Jewish had no problem. Egyptians having a beard was offensive. Maybe it's because they're very effeminate. I don't know. But they, I don't like a woman with a beard. But he had him shave the beard. And that the reason is, truly, is because that was an offense to the Egyptians. Now, if you don't learn anything else, you know that the Egyptians then, under Pharaoh, didn't like beards. I love a beard. My wife hates a beard. I don't grow a beard. You know why? I want to kiss my wife. <laughs> Simple as that, right? So he turns around, he brings him up. And what you see here? The butler had forgotten. Now, he'd gotten a blessing for Joseph. And you know what's common for people to forget those who know the Lord until they need help? Don't be resentful about that. Be willing to help. Right? That's part of humility. Be willing to help. Don't get offended by that. They need help. Christians should always be ready to respond with mercy and grace. Sometimes it's hard because maybe previously they did you wrong. And you said, I forgive them. I've forgiven you. I'll never speak of this again. <laughs> Not forgiveness. Not forgiveness. When you've forgiven somebody, you know what, no matter what they've done, you can feel at ease in their, their presence, even if they haven't acknowledged it. I love that sometimes. I'll be honest with you. Someone's done something, and I go to the Lord, and I've forgiven them, and then I come around them, and they're, on, they're, on, they're ill at ease around me. But I don't have a problem being around them because that's been given to God. That's what forgiveness is. Okay? It's been given to God. You've forgiven them. Just as God, for Christ's sake, hath 
forgiven you. You still with me? That's easy. If you get upset, you say the wrong thing, you forgive them. If they don't seek and accept that forgiveness and they won't acknowledge it, let God deal with it. But you'll relieve that bondage that they put you under because of unforgiveness. You can learn that from Joseph. We should always be ready to respond. A Christian should always be ready to respond with mercy and grace, and that's what the Lord does with us. For we have not a high priest that cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find what? Grace to, to help in time of need. Look at verse in chapter 41, verse 14. We're finishing up. Then Pharaoh sent and called Joseph, and they brought him hastily out of the dungeon, shaved himself, and changed his raiment, and came unto Pharaoh. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, I have dreamed a dream, and there is none that can interpret it. And I have heard that of thee that thou canst interpret the dream, and understand the dream and interpret it. And Joseph answered Pharaoh, saying, It is not in me. God shall give Pharaoh an answer of peace. People don't need to hear what you think. Shall be over my house, and according to the, my, thy word, shall all my people be ruled only in the thrones that will be greater than thee. Will I be greater than thee? Second position. He became ruler of all, and his name was changed to, I'm going to try to pronounce this. Pastor Kenny, I need your help. Zephanathapaniah. That, okay, you know what one of the backgrounds of that, that name is? Now, it's a, an interpreter of dreams or revealer of secrets, but it also can be pointed out, in the, I guess, in the etymology, Savior of the world. Isn't that interesting? Someone who was sold. He was, at this point, 30 years of age. When the famine came, the countries needed food. They came to Egypt to buy. Joseph was the man in charge. If you stopped reading in chapter 39 and 40, and you didn't get the Ford going through it, see, what sort of things are written a four-time, Romans? What sort of things are written a four-time are written for our learning, that we, through patience and comfort of the Scriptures, might have He responded in humility. He gave God the glory. No matter what he went through. And what did God do? He brought him out of it. Would you ever have thought he would go from the pit to prison to the palace and to power? You just don't know what God's doing in the place you're at right now. God is always good. God is always right. I don't always understand. Amen? What if hell and resentment? Joseph helps you see your Savior. Jesus said, if I, if I be lifted up, I will draw men unto me. He is seated at the right hand of the Father. But he doesn't... Look at us that way. 
That's why we're told to condescend of men to men of low estate. Because he says, he ever liveth to make what? Intercession for me and for you. So we need to remember what you can learn for Joseph. You want the blessing of God in your life? Humility, honoring God above yourself, over your sin. I, illuminating God's glory. That means to put a light on it so that people can see God's glory. L, looking for ways to serve others. I, ignoring your pride and Satan's lies. T, trusting God's plan over your own. And Y, yearning for worship. And all God's people said, amen. Take a break. Back in here quickly at...